Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now it's what it's all about scout Alright, welcome back to another episode of Two Scout Geeks. My name is Joey Galvez, and just like always, I'm here with my buddy, John. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We're back with another amazing episode. We're going to be talking about two awesome crossover books from yes. Scout. And then we have the one, the only, Brendan Deneen on the show, the CEO of Scout Comics. And yeah. he's going to bring some fire, man. We're going to talk about some good stuff with him. And he, just to let you guys know, he's going to drop some exclusive news on us. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. But John, how was your week, man? My week was pretty good. Uh, you know, um, I, I think I agree so far with everybody else. And uh, I've tried my seven-day trial. Um, I'd like to return 2021, but we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to talk about anything that had to do <laughs> no, with no, the no. last week. No, but, but I'm excited about <laughs> this because the the awesome part about this is that uh, we can say a bit is uh, uh, Brandon actually reached out to us to come on the show. So yeah. that's why I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a surprise to me because you know, I, I, I told you I was like, let's let's not talk to the to the scout execs quite yet. Let's talk to a lot of the creators. Let's you know, let's hold off yeah. till to talk to those guys till you know we want something big on here. And yeah. out of nowhere, I look at my phone and he reached he's like, Hey, so when are you guys gonna start reaching out to us and hit, I wanna be on the show? So I was like, yeah. well, I guess it's that time. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and it's, it's fun to have, uh, you know, switch it up, but, uh, yeah. especially with, uh, cause we're going to have a ton of people on because mm -hmm. if you look at all the titles they got, yeah, there's so many new creators that we have the potential to talk to that, oh, yeah. you know, we can slip yeah. them in there every so often. Definitely. Definitely. And I think this week we are kind of news light because we had news heavy last week. So I think this yeah. week we're probably going to have to skip the news and just talk about the two books and then get into I, the creator. I think interview. we'll get our news from Brendan. I think that's I think, all we'll have. I think that's I think that's where we're going to get the news. So if you guys want to stick around for some news, uh, you know, check that creator interview out. So you guys will not be disappointed. You know what? Let's 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 move into our first book here. ghost and stabity bunny and you've got that book will you tell us a little bit about the log line of that crossover absolutely so the writer is enzo garza and richard rivera and the art and the cover art for the uh, regular cover is by enzo garza 
Uh, of course, Enzo Garza is the one who does Stabity or does uh, Gut Ghost all the time, and Rich Vera is, of course, Stabity Bunny. Yeah. So Gut Ghost and Stabity Bunny clash in an epic battle of uber cosmic importance. The fate of the loser's universe? Utter annihilation? Nah, it's nothing like that. You see, there's this broken TV, <laughs> and while that will be telling, it's funny, quirky, non adventure at its very best. When your regular Joe Everyman ghost meets your average knife wielding plush bunny see you there <laughs> man this i gotta tell you at first okay number one before we get into this i've never read a gut ghost uh book and i've never read a stabity bunny book although i do own oh. stabity bunny number one but i've never cracked it open because it's a, a variant cover signed so i've never cracked it open uh so i've never read either so my my thoughts on these ones are kind of be just judging off of this crossover. So well, the the fun thing is uh, for me because I've read both is Gut Ghost is very much how this book is. <laughs> okay, like the the comedy level of everything. Gut Ghost, like the entire Dry every humor. Gut Ghost that's come out is that. Yeah, it's absolutely okay. that. The <laughs> awesome part is how they bounce Stabity Bunny because of course that book is a very different feel. Oh really? So this one of the two crossovers was the one I think was was one of the more interesting because it really? was uh, seeing how they could uh, balance both of them. Okay. Well, and one uh, one in Stabity Bunny, Stabity Bunny is very much like kind of a uh, different kind of character mm-hmm. where it doesn't really act and only when it acts is uh, very violent usually. So this was fun to see how they did it. Awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> this one, this one was, was, it was funny. It was, it was a different kind of humor. Like you were saying, it was really dry humor. Um, you know, Gut Ghost is definitely a, a character. Stabity Bunny is one as well. I mean, I don't even know if that's their names in in each each uh, series. It but, is actually yes. so. So, um, it's 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 very interesting. I always kind of had this idea of how are they? How do they approach the these these two different books? I wanted to be a fly on the wall as they pitched these books because <laughs> they seem so very weird and so very off the wall. Um. But yeah, they're I mean I mean they're they're really they're really interesting books. I, and this one is a very very funny tale, and it's just like it is. You know, there's a broken TV. Uh, you know, pretty much nothing happens. I mean, there's yeah. a lot that happens, but it, at the same time, it's not it's a non adventure like they say. So very very interesting. And uh, like this was a uh, you know it was just really fun because uh, it's Stabity Bunny coming over to Gut Ghost Gut Ghost's world, and. It was just a fun adventure. I think, like, if this is like for a one shot, this one felt like a definite like. It was a fun like take on it because yeah. it it definitely felt like it was a gut ghost comic where Stabity Bunny appears, um, more than it was like a Stabity Bunny book. Um, because I think that's where the next next one will actually uh be a little different. Is this one very much felt like it was just a fun take. Um, this one you can pick up, uh, actually, I, I guess both of them, uh, and get a good laugh. But this one, I love Gut Ghost. There, I think there's only, officially, this is like the third or fourth. I think this is like the third uh, actual book. So it's just fun to read these ones. Uh, you got to check the Gut Ghosts out. They're just funny and hilarious. I will I'll check fun. them out. Yeah, I'll check them out, man. And and I don't know if we, at the top of the show, we talked about what books we we're going to talk about. You're going to do Gut, uh, Gut Ghost, Stabby Bunny, and... Star Bastard and Loggerhead. Kind of also to point out these two, because I think uh, 
There are two fun books that Scout came out with that if you don't hear about or see them release, it may be uh, something you didn't notice to jump into. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're they're just two fun uh, like two fun books coming from Scout to show off a couple of their properties and showing mm-hmm. that like kind of the passion everybody has to to work together there. Yeah, definitely. This <laughs> I don't know if I could say anything more about this. I I do, however, like this one less than Loggerhead and Star Bastard. Which one That's was your fair. favorite? Uh, actually, uh, it's hard to say, but I think Gut Ghost and Stabby Bunny, just because I really? love this, the the silly comedy that okay. Gut Ghost is, I just think is is just f- hilarious to me. It's just <laughs> That's awesome. so silly, and I just I think it's just hilarious because it feels like a sitcom show. Okay, yeah, it does. It definitely does. And there was some really cool stuff in there. <laughs> so, and, so, and yeah, yeah. man. Cool. I, I love that that you like one book and, and more than the other, and and then the one that I do, which is really cool. All right, you got anything else? No. Let's get to our next title. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next book, Star Bastard Bloggerhead. And you know what? This one's really cool. This is the one that I picked for the week, and uh, I gotta tell you, man, before I get into the log line here is number one i love andrew clemson's work i love brian silverback's work and i think together with this book it worked and and as i read this one what was funny was i was reading it before bed right and at the same time you know it's it's a little weird because uh, i was talking to andrew clemson and he lives in dubai and and so right before bed you know every once in a while we him and i talk maybe like twice a week sometimes and I have to do it before bed because it's his early morning and it's our nighttime because of the big, huge uh, time difference. So right. I was telling him, hey, dude, guess what I'm reading? I'm, and I took a picture of the book I'm reading. And he's like, oh, nice. Let me know how, how you how you like it. So <laughs> I was talking to him. We were re- I was reading it. And I was like, dude, I can I can seriously hear your voice in this. Like I can I can feel I can hear the way you write. And, and I've spoken to him enough now that I kind of uh, know the way his writing patterns are and kind of things like that. So I was like, this is hilarious. I love this, man. Uh, so it was really, really cool to kind of read the book. And speak to the writer of this book, which was a real treat for me because I've never been able to do that before. So really, really awesome. So let's get into the log line here. So it says this is this is Star Bastard Loggerhead crossover and it says worlds collide in this one shot that has everyone's favorite space degenerate crossing paths with the bloody beast of the bayou finding themselves on an alien world and forced to fight to the death. Captain Greaves and Loggerhead are forced to work together to gain their freedom, just as much blood and swearing as you'd expect from a Star Bastard and Loggerhead crossover. (laughs) And this book was exactly that. Uh, You know, you you got Greaves' antics and Loggerhead speaks for the first time. Yep. Wow. Well, and I th- I think what helped this title out because for me like I feel like and, and I think that's the Star Bastard style is some mm-hmm. of the stuff that's in the books are not necessarily new or a new concept. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's the way that it's executed because mm-hmm. like how these two meet, I was kind of it was one of those things where it's like yeah, and like it's like <laughs> something that you're like yeah that yeah that's that's been done. But the way they executed it made it just awesome and fun. Like, so that's why I think this title was so good is because they took just a, you know, something mm-hmm. that I think was an easy way to make them connect. 
Yeah. But uh, a way they did it in a way when they wrote it that it just it just worked. Exactly. And I was talking to, to Andrew. Uh, there's there's the last part here and the way that they get back home. It, it's so convenient. And it, and Grieves even says, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> you know, yep. it's like and I was like telling yeah. him about that. And he and he kind of let me in on the little cigarette. He's like, yeah, dude, it was he was it was a little difficult to kind of wrap up a, a one shot crossover. And, and he's all but but I think uh, so. I told him, I was like, dude, I think you did it perfect because that was that it was hilarious. Number one, because the way he did he was like oh that's convenient it made it apparent that oh all of a sudden out of nowhere they just have a way for us to get home <laughs> this whole time so i loved it all the way through there was hilarity it definitely felt like uh, a star bastard book i love that you know you say that the, the other book felt like a gut ghost book uh yeah. the way it read so was super interesting that that even though these two crossovers they had no idea that they were writing crossovers for each of them until they were they were pitched and and done um because neither neither uh, creators knew about each crossover i don't know if you know that not neither what so none of the creators of both crossovers knew that the, anybody was doing a crossover oh so like so andrew clebson and, and brian silverbacks did not know that they were doing a gut ghost and stabity bunny crossover until it was already oh, wow. well well into uh it's already into its process Oh, I had no idea about that. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So, and I thought it was very interesting that they kind of both wrote it in 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 one kind of world, kind of thing, with different characters coming into a world, which was very similar over the two, which was really really cool. I thought. I mean, I think that brings more to the to the aspect where it's just like this was stuff they wanted to do. Like uh -huh. they were just they they loved it and they jumped in, and then it was like, oh, oh, you guys are doing it too. Awesome. Yeah, and it, which was awesome is that they were both finished at the very, very similar times. Like, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I do a live stream with Brian Silverbeck, and he said when he yeah. was talking to me about this, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I told him I tried to, I pitched this this crossover. They're like, yeah, this would be awesome because we're doing another crossover.' And then that, that's when they found out that it was happening. So super cool stuff, man. That's that's really cool. I also love for this cover. I don't know. It stands out to me just because I love it. Um, this, uh, the loggerhead on uh, the cover for Star Bastard Loggerhead is the, uh, if you look at the headshot of Loggerhead, is actually the the headshot that Brian loves using for his uh, reworks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love that because it's, uh, you finally see it in one of the books. So mm. I love that that was part of the cover. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so cool. And I, I loved it. The interiors were awesome. The colors were great. Um, super, super fun, fun read. Um, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think I have anything else to talk to about this book, man. It was just all around fun. And like I said, this one was way, uh, uh, this one was a lot more of my favorite book than the two. Yeah. Not to say that either of them were bad. They were both really fun, but I preferred reading a loggerhead star bastard crossover. I think, I think the best part about these two books is that what we got to see, for a company that's really starting to take off and get a lot of creators is the passion that these creators have with each other. Cause mm -hmm. we've seen it. We've seen them talk about each other. We, we even like when we have guests on, when we bring up another book or something uh, they, they nerd out as much as we do about like the title and everything is it was fun to see uh, just four different creators come together and uh, bring some of their characters to another character and just like the passion that they have for the other series. Because you can tell that both cared about 
uh, both comics cared about each other's character and wanted to handle them in a way that also showed off their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to agree with that. Uh, yeah, man. So, so fun. Um, I, I don't know if I have anything else, man. Do you? No, I don't have anything else. I'd say go check out these titles. Uh, yeah. Definitely remember we've had, I mean, at this point we've had uh, uh, Andrew Clemson on. He's talked about he's working on multiple titles. He's working on more Star Bastard in the future, hopefully. Uh, we got Cy- Brian Silverbacks, who definitely is working on his multiverse that he's making. Uh, and same with Gut Ghost and Stabby Bunny. Well, Richard Rivera, he's going to be working on dozens of things now with Scoop, but just uh, stay, pay attention to these four creators because they've got a yeah. lot in the pipeline. Definitely. definitely. So, and, and like I said at the top of the show, we don't have much news. I think the only thing that we do and that we can say really quick is that they've released January's sub box uh, titles. So oh, that yes. was cool because I actually recent, recently was gifted a sub box. And that's where I got both of these books from. So I got both of the crossovers from the sub box, which was really yeah. cool from December's sub, sub box. Uh, this one's going to be a fun one because this one is a lot of uh, past Scout titles that are in this. So you got Jazz Legend number one, which I'm interested in because I actually realize I don't have a single issue for this. Um, Princess Revolution. Uh, this is the the one-shot binge. Stake, which is an exclusive cover just for the Scout box, and they emphasize that this time, which may uh, I think they're suggesting that unless you get this box, you're not mm-hmm. going to get this one this time. And then St. Joan Timbi- Timbo came out this last week. Uh, uh, yeah, so super the first cool. Scoot title. Yeah, and and what's cool about that is is uh, on the next House of Indie, I speak to Andrea Lorenzo Molinari, and he he and I talked a little bit about this book off air. And, and he, uh, cause he, he, uh, edits this book and he has gotten to see the whole thing in its entirety. And he said, this is one that you don't want to sleep on. So if it's already out, so I suggest everybody go grab it, not one to sleep on, even though it's a scoot book, an all ages book. Uh, it's, it's amazing. He said, and, and the things that he told yeah. me about it, cause I haven't been able to read it myself yet. But it's amazing, and 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 I actually recently I'm gonna get the next uh, sub box as well, so I'm gonna read it when it comes out into my sub box. Uh, but man, he said that the things that he said about it is so amazing. And yeah, we also get Soul Stream in this box. Soul Stream number Loot. one finally out. Loot, sweet downfall, Ninja Nuns number one, The Shepherd, and we got a Jazz Legend, like you said, Black Cotton Ash Can Preview, Cult yes, of which Icarus. which is huge, actually, because uh, <laughs> I'll point out that one really quick, because uh, a lot of, there's a couple of stores that have carried this already, uh-huh. and they're selling for about 2025 for just wow. the Ash Can. Wow, wow. So, it, it is a big, good book, big, good book. Yeah. I, I feel that one's going to win some awards, too. Uh, you got yeah. Cult, Cult of Icarus. Uh, Cyber Spectre and Princess Revolution, like you said. Yeah, so. the Cult of Icarus is another title I'm very hyped for. Yeah. I love that yeah, story. And, that, so and that's far. an Ashcan preview of this one. Yeah. So uh, awesome stuff. Uh, if you guys want to grab this book, you guys head over to scoutcomics.com and click on the subscription at the top. It's subscription box, the $33.99 per month. Uh, you guys can do some really cool stuff um, if, for and you do an oh, ongoing thing. I guess awesome, I'll touch awesome. on one more. Sure. Because uh, we're getting a ton of uh, just the last two things is variant covers are definitely getting huge with Scout, with stores. 
and exclusive covers because black cotton's got like i think for the first issue it sounds like around four to five different first like issue one covers the other one that's is blowing up with uh with variant covers for the first issue now is by the horns um they've got uh like hive comics like a bunch of like there's like five or six covers now but also they have a from uh skull fracture records you can get the the first issue plus the tucson ep on vinyl what (laughs) yes because i actually ordered that (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome dude that's way cool yeah yeah yeah, head on over to scoutcomics.com pick up these sub boxes i guarantee you guys will not be disappointed you got you know tons and tons of books you got 12 books there, bagged and boarded which is very key to to think about bagged and boarded already and which uh, is which is becoming a thing now because uh companies are running out of bags and boards oh so crazy it's so crazy yeah uh so this this one uh ends on january 25th at 11 59 p.m eastern time so get on this one if you guys want to get some really great books so there we go and i didn't get paid for that i didn't get not i did not get paid (laughs) to tell you guys to grab that box which maybe i should but no i didn't (laughs) but yeah so super cool super cool grab it up all right john let's 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 stop right here because we got some really meaty stuff that we're going to be getting into here with brendan are you ready i'm ready man let's hit it all right let's go ahead and take a quick break when we come back we're going to come back with the ceo of scout comics right here on two scout geeks brendan denine and he brought some great news so stick around for that guys we'll see you when we come back from the break it's what i like about scout all right and welcome back from the break everybody this is joey galvez and i'm still here with john and we promised you guys we were gonna have a special guest and today our special guest is brendan denine we have the ceo of scout look at that we are we are we're moving up we got the ceo of scout in the house Uh, founder founder and ceo wow look at that so how's it going man Good, good. It's uh, very busy uh, in, in the best way possible. And as you know, Scout had a banner 2020, uh, yeah. despite the apocalypse. And uh, mm-hmm. 2021 is looking to continue in that fashion, assuming, you know, the apocalypse doesn't get too crazy. <laughs> you know, I saw something on the on social media and I don't know if it's true, man. So maybe I should ask you here. Did, did I hear that Scout got publisher of the year in 2020? We did. I mean, it's one one website, um, and I don't know how huge the site is, um, but uh, it was incredible. The reason that I um, was so excited about it is that when you lo- when you scroll through that that page, it's uh, you know best inker Marvel, best single issue DC. Mm-hmm. Every single award in that in that uh, page, that website was Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like one or two booms in there and they're okay. basically big three, big four at this point. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you get to the bottom best publisher and it was scout, which is just like, wow, literally no other scout book had been mentioned um, <laughs> previous on that page. So it sort of was like when uh, a movie doesn't win any actor awards or any uh, director awards and then wins best picture. You're like, what? <laughs> so that was pretty pretty dope obviously that's got to be so cool to to see that and and that's such a big accomplishment and you know what me and john have have uh always said that you guys have done 
phenomenal during number one during the pandemic with publishing when every everything came to a halt you guys kept going you guys didn't miss a beat and you guys came up with brand new ideas to get books out to people so that's i mean pat yourselves on the back there man because you guys definitely deserved it i think i think the thing that made you guys notice most of all for publisher of the year is not just uh the works that you've come out with, but the the fact that the works that you're coming out with have such a like passion with the creators themselves, like where they push the books as much as the company, unlike a lot of companies. And a lot of people have noticed that I think about Scout, where it's uh, there's such like a passion from everybody on all fronts. Yeah, I, a lot of that is to do the fact I think um, the books are all creator owned. Um, Scout has no ownership in, in the books uh, technically. Um, and so it's really a partnership and we approach that from the very beginning. We try to work with um, not only great creators, but people who are just great humans, uh, you know, which is, you know, they're out there and they're, they're really passionate about it. And we all, none of this are doing um, on, on any side. I don't think none of us are doing this in a cynical way. We're not doing this only to get movies made or only to make money. Um, we're all, I think every single one of us are hardcore lifelong comic book nerds. Um, this stuff is meaningful to us. We think it's a, it's the best medium for storytelling. Um, it's not a coincidence that every other movie is a comic book movie now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that we all knew when in the eighties or whatever, um, that, that sequential storytelling is, it, it's just the best. And I, I've always loved it and I always will. So it's, uh, we, we, we've assembled a great, uh, group of executives and creators. It's, it's yeah. honestly astounding. I have to agree with that. You guys have done a phenomenal job over there this last year. And uh, the some of the stuff that we've been hearing, man, 2021 is, is going to be, you know, just as good, if not better. So I am super excited for that. Yeah, thanks. You too. Super cool. <laughs> so so we got to talk a little bit about your accomplishments really quick, because you are not just the CEO. And you are, I mean, what an amazing thing already, though. But you also are a creator of your own. You've written, uh, you know, prose and, and, and graphic novels and all these different things. You have a freaking best-selling uh, novel, the, the Ninth Circle, man. So So you definitely have a little bit of something underneath your belt there. Yeah, yeah, I've been. I mean, I'm I'm almost fifty at this point, so I've been I've been doing this stuff for a long time. And look, I started making up stories when I was five or six or whatever. And I used to um, submit ideas to Marvel and DC in the '80s um, before email. This is yeah, uh, you know, and I would send them pitches um, for like <clears throat> um, you know uh, Legion of Superheroes or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, I always get the rejection letters, but this is something that I've always wanted to do. And I just kept doing it and doing it and getting rejected over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again until you get that first yes. So yeah, man, I, um, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I've had multiple novels published that I've written. Um, I write the Groot picture books for Marvel. Uh, the yeah. fourth one's coming out this year. Those have sold hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of copies. Yes. Which wow. is surreal. Cause I actually back, I, I don't know if you want to hear the whole story, but I kind of backed into that whole gig and it was a really crazy, <laughs> weird situation. Um, and then I have a, a Green Arrow graphic novel coming out this uh, this summer, um, mm-hmm. middle grade, where Ollie is 13 years old. Oliver Queen is 13 years old. Um, and then I have a, I mean, I have a Morbius, not horror novel, yeah. an original Morbius novel coming out. I am out. so excited for that one. Actually. Uh, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> me too. I wrote that. I wrote that like in an incredibly short amount of time um, because the movie they were going to put it out at the same time as the movie. Oh, cool. um, 
And so I wrote it really, really quickly. It was like almost like a mm-hmm. fever dream of a process. Uh, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we're pushing it back by a year. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, but uh, so that Morbius, and it's original. It's not an adaptation of, of the movie or anything or a novelization. It's an original story that I came up with. Um, so, so because they pushed it back, did you get to go back and like fix pieces that I didn't you want wanted to? to? I, didn't want to. I mean, okay. um, I did write an extra chapter, which was kind of fun, an epilogue that features mm-hmm. um, not only Carnage, but also Spider Man, which was um, Ooh, my first nice. sort of um, canon Spider Man dialogue, which was a blast. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the ones that I'm super, super excited about. Uh, but not only books. You you've also been a producer and you've been in in, in the film realm and all that yeah. stuff too. So <laughs> yes, my day job. I'm a I'm a for my day job. I'm a I work in publishing book sort of regular book publishing, um, Hollywood books to film. I've been I've been working in the book to film business for for almost twenty years. I've worked for uh, wow. incredibly difficult people like Scott Rudin and Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> uh, which is a whole other podcast. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, I work, my day job is with, I work for a production, a really amazing production company right now. We've got multiple movies and TV shows in development, books being published. Um, so I'm really just like living the dream. I, it's everything. I basically had a checklist when I was 12. I said, I want to work yeah. with books and comics and movies and TV shows. And somehow, I guess through hard work and luck and whatever, um, it, it basically is all happening. So I feel very, very lucky. I, you know, I, I'm totally remiss because I didn't mention in my writing, uh, this, my first, uh, my so far, my, well, second scout property, which is Island of Misfit Toys. Um, uh-huh. I was going to uh, talk about that one just now. That's exactly yeah. what I have it right yeah, here. I don't want to jump the gun, but yeah, that obviously is, is one of the most, uh, important things I've mm-hmm. written as well. And that's, and I was, you like took the words right out of my mouth there. <laughs> you, uh, I was talking about this one right now. So, uh, we 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 all got this one. Those of us who who are subscribers of the Scout Box, which is one of the things that you guys came out of the pandemic with, which was a really amazing thing. And then mm-hmm. I started amazing. seeing tons and tons of other publishing companies do the same thing. You know, and yeah, it's so, full props to James Hake, who's the yeah. president. Uh, it's full props to him for that idea. It's just uh, a amazing great. idea. In the box itself, like I mean, I, I get them in the mail, <clears throat> and I'm the CEO. And every time I get, it, I look in the mailbox, it's there. I'm like, oh my god. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. So I, I, I was gifted mine for Christmas and um and it was from my children's godmother who did it for me. And she completely surprised me. And uh so she got it sent to her home and I was like, Where's my box? Where's my box? And when I opened it up, I was like, Oh my gosh, it was literally seriously like a kid in a candy shop like, every, on every Christmas month. Day. It's the greatest thing. Yeah. And and then and then immediately after I said, I had to have more. So I was like, I, I said, Hey boss, which is the wife. I said, can I, yep. can I, can I do this monthly? <laughs> so yep. Yep. so yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome, man. It, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Because I, I also love the boxes. Cause as you can tell, I love the posters and stuff. Yeah. So the last two months have been posters also. And I also mar- uh, messaged Charlie. I was like, Hey, can you do that more often? Cause I would love <laughs> to have more posters of some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cards, get. the cards this past time. And, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, the Oh, great. I got those right here, too. Yeah, yeah. the whole pack, which was funny because at first I thought we were only going to get a few. But the fact that we got a whole pack of them was just yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. It's great. James and, and mm-hmm. the whole team down there in Florida just doing a bang up job. It's really, you know, I, the, the history of Scout is, is actually 12 years old. But but to, to be mm-hmm. at this point in the 12 year history of the company is um, yeah. beyond a dream come true. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So, so for this book, I've messaged you uh, multiple times now at this point about the Island right. of Misfit Toys because 
for me also, I had a special needs brother who uh, passed away, but um, all he would watch all day long, even though he was, uh, he was blind is Christmas movies. And his favorite movie was Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. So the awesome part was that that book was just awesome to read for me because I had a, a huge attachment mm-hmm. to it. So like when I saw that was the, I think when I was first getting to scout and I was finally going through their page and I saw that was one of their properties, I was like, that's cool. All right. And so I ordered it. Uh, <clears throat> so that's my second copy is uh, it was one of those just fun things to get back into that universe. Uh, Cause yeah. all of us, I think when we were a kid had have at some point, and even now with uh being a dad with my kid have watched that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, obviously when I got your message, hugely meaningful, still really appreciate that. Um, and that's, you know, honestly, that's why we, uh, cre- that's why every creator I think does this is you want to be able to touch people. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for that. And yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I don't want to jump around too much, but, but that was, that, that came about because um, I grew up, so I grew up in the eighties, you know, sort of before even VCRs. Um, <laughs> and so Island of the certain things were, were appointment television. If you did, if you weren't on your on your in, on your couch at a certain time, you missed it and you didn't see it again for a year, if if ever. Um, and so Misfit Toy or uh, Rudolph was was uh, appointment television. So every year, mm-hmm. whatever night that was on CBS, you made sure your butt was on the couch yeah. and you saw uh, Rudolph. And I loved it like everybody else did. Um, and then you know, obviously, years and years later. Um, I had written Flash Gordon. I had worked on Casper the Friendly Ghost. I had done the Atlas Comics reboot. Um, and I was always looking for what's the next thing. Um, and I was watching it one year, like in t- 2009, I guess. And I was like, oh, my God. First off, I thought Yukon Cornelius. I wanted to work with him. And then secondly, Misfit Toys. And so I, you know, I just reached out to this company that owns these characters. And they had said no to like everybody. And I was like, I, they said, why don't you come out to Connecticut? And we'll talk about it. So I went out to Connecticut and uh, we had spent a day together and I pitched them my vision. We had, you know, we broke bread together and mm-hmm. um, just, you know, um, turned up the Deneen charm as much as possible. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, OK, let's let's do it. So like Misfit Toys was the first one. I'm actually working on a, a book right now. I don't know if it'll get greenlit by them, but it's uh, Yukon Cornelius Jr. It's a uh, Yukon son. Um and uh, I don't know if they'll they'll say yes, but they said no in 2009. But they seemed more open to it now. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll that's see. that's re- really cool. And and you know what? Uh, I I did a little research on you, man. And yeah. this sounds sounds like this kind of happens to you a lot, where you just go and you reach out to a company and you're like, hey, let me play in your sandbox a little bit. Yeah. You did that with The Walking Dead a little bit too, didn't you? A hundred percent. It's funny that you say that. Yes. So um, in 2003, uh, I was working for Bob Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein's brother at Dimension Films. Dimension was known for like Scream and a lot of like, all, all these horror movies. Um, so I was working at Dimension and one of my self-imposed jobs was to read every single new number one comic that came out, which was great because I got, I basically got paid to read comics. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and so I would read every number one. And one of the n- number ones I read in 2003 working for Dimension Films was The Walking Dead number one. So the, basically the day that that issue came out, I reached out to Robert Kirkman and his manager and said, I, I love this. I think there's a movie here. This is before TV shows were really as good as they have mm-hmm. become, I think. Um, and they're like, yeah, rights are available. Let us know. So I took it to Bob Weinstein. Um, and he just didn't get it. He was just like, I've seen this already, Brendan. It's called <laughs> 28 Days Later. Um, and so, 
um, he passed, but I stayed in touch with, with Kirkman over the years. He actually gave me a blurb for my first comic book that I ever got published called Scatterbrain, which we're going to republish at uh, Scout eventually. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, <clears throat> so I stayed in touch with him. And uh, when I got a job as an editor at St. Martin's Press, um, uh, I reached back. I, I reached out to him. I said, hey, are, are book rights, you know, prose novel rights available? And they're like, yeah, make an offer. So I went to my bosses and um, they didn't really get it, honestly. Uh, and I, but I showed them the numbers of the, of the comic, the graphic novels, and the TV show was, was in production. It hadn't come out yet. So no one knew what was going to happen with it. Mm-hmm. And so I convinced my bosses to make an offer and we made an offer. And then the show came out, we had the rights, and, I, and it made me look like a freaking genius, honestly. <laughs> um, so it's, again, sort of luck and, and timing or whatever. It was amazing. So we, we published so cool. um, six of those. Wow. That's that's really freaking cool. When I was reading, I was like, oh, man, that's such a dude. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> that's super yeah. cool. It's just, you know what, um, you, I, I've been in a position, luckily, over the years, working for um, you know, movie companies and publishing mm-hmm. companies where you can sort of just go through your list of stuff you love and like, maybe this would be something and yeah. you go after it. I mean, and I'm sorry to keep going, but there's another, another cool one. Um, I was in a, a bookstore years ago when I was at McMillan, uh, St. Martin's and I was in the horror section and I, um, I found the book psycho and I was like, Oh, I, I, I forgot. Or I never knew that psycho, the movie was based on a book. Mm-hmm. I, I must've known it or forgot it. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I bought it and I read it. I was like, Oh, this is really good. And then I, and I, I researched it and there was a psycho two novel and a psycho three novel. And I read those and they were nothing like the, this movie, the movie sequels. And so I reached out to the estate of the original author who was dead. And I said, Hey, are our sequel rights available? And they're like, technically. Yeah. Um, and so I published, I acquired and I published a book that takes place between psycho one and psycho two when Norman Bates is in a mental institution. Um, Ooh, wow. So it's like, you're like, why not just try? Yeah. So I was looking up uh, scatterbrain cause I was interested already. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, we got, it was great. I got like, I got blurbs from Kirkman, Brian K Vaughn, Jeff Johns wrote the introduction to the graphic, uh, the trade. Um, wow. So cool. I, I used to be friends with all these guys. It's just like, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Which is huge. Cause I mean, a lot of these yeah. guys are like the, 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 top tier guys and like the mm-hmm. the top two now yeah, yeah. you know it's like yeah. um start very early you know when they're not huge and then, then you sort of watch i mean I, I used to be friendly with matthew rosenberg uh, i used to mm-hmm. represent josh williamson um oh, cool. like it's just it's mm-hmm. fun it's amazing to see these guys uh to do so well i'm really happy for yeah. them yeah so what what do we have in store at scout this year let's let's get a little bit uh into that a little bit i know we've yeah. got some amazing stuff Honestly, uh, there's up. so much that I you, you say what's coming up, and I'm like I I I, I um, freeze because <laughs> I don't even know. There's so much. Like, there's so much. I mean, black cotton. <laughs> black cotton is one that I'm really excited about. Yes, yes. Because I think um, not only are the creators <clears throat> amazing guys, um, and the book is is gorgeous. Um, it's 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 saying something. It's it's sort of like honestly, it feels like The Walking Dead to me, where it's um it's gonna be it should be a TV show, and it's got yeah. this um this vibe to it that just feels uh, really important. And it's got a sociological message. Um, yeah. For me, after reading the first issue, I said, it's definitely what last year with uh, Yasmin was 
where it just was such an impactful story that you hope it gets like a further notice, like past the comic yeah. where you kind of see either a show or a movie just because not just like, it definitely feels like it has that potential, but that just the story is that good that it's a, yeah. can hit that many people. Yeah. I mean, yes, mean is amazing. And I wish that was reaching more people. I think that's the kind of book that is not going to flourish as floppies. Um, I think, but I think when the trade comes out and when, it gets into Barnes and Noble through our deal with Simon and Schuster. Um, I think Yasmin will will win awards, and I think mm-hmm. it will. You know, I think it's the kind of thing that mainstream media will pick up once it's collected into the trade paperback. Um, yeah. it's been it's been a little discouraging that that one hasn't really broken sales wise um, the way it should. But again, I, I don't think that that I don't think those kinds of books necessarily break out as floppies. Hugely yeah. proud of, hugely proud it, of it is, it is nice to see that it's, uh, it is getting a little, uh, from everybody I've seen has like anyone who reads it, it's automatic where they're just like, wow, that's, that was an intense story. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, black cotton's that way. Um, and yeah. then the other side of the spectrum, um, soul stream, um, yes. is just like, you know, that, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I remember getting that, that, that original, you know, so we, all the, um, all of the submissions come into this sort of blind um, e- email box that we have called in- info at scout comics. And it all comes to me. I'm the first one to see all every single submission. Um, Cause I, that's the way it always has been. Cause I, you know, I founded the company um, and it's just the way I like it. I just like, I like being the sort of first person. It's sort of like a treat. It's kind of like Christmas morning too. Yeah. Every time a new submission comes in, it's like, Ooh, uh, what is this? <laughs> um, and when they're amazing, it's like the best feeling. And so to get one, like soul stream where you're like, Oh, this is so cool. And then you read, sometimes I look at the, the material first and then I read the letter. Um, so I looked at the material and I'm like, Oh, this is really fun. My daughter, I have two daughters. They would love this. Um, and then I lo- read the, um, the cover letter. And at the time she was 15. Uh, and, I, and my daughter is, at, uh, is 14 right now. And I was just like, this is, this is an unbelievable. I just right. putting aside that I love yeah. the book as a human interest story. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about soul stream scoot, the whole scoot brand. Uh, the imprint is super exciting. Um, I've written kids stuff, you know, obviously misfit toys, Groot. Um, my flash Gordon stuff was, um, kid friendly. Um, I've written kids books. I, the kid market is huge, especially in the Barnes and Noble, Amazon worlds. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about scoot and soul stream and, um, all the, the scoot books are super exciting. Yeah, with uh, officially last week was the first title officially launched for Scoot also. Right. With uh, Senji and Tembo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it, it's a great, I'm really proud to have that line. Um, and I think it was Don Hanfield, another of our partners, who came up with the, the, the name Scoot, which is just so brilliant. It's like so simple. Uh, yeah. And I never would have thought of it. And it's brilliant. And full props to Don for, uh, for coming up with that because it's awesome. Yeah, you just change one letter. There you go. It's, it's like, done. oh, you're like, oh, of course. <laughs> it was right there the whole time. My daughter, I took my, <laughs> I took my nine year old daughter yesterday to the local comic book store, which I do as much as I can to, to get yeah. her addicted. So and cool. um, and she's like, Dad, can I start Scoot Junior? Uh, like you know, for even younger kids. I'm like, oh, we'll talk. Like that's have your smart, lawyer call my lawyer. That's a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, pretty cool. Yeah. So, so with with that said, you, you go into comic shops. How does it feel to you know walk in there and see your books on the shelf, man? Yeah, no, it's always it's been great. I mean, when Scatterbrain came out in two thousand six, um, going to so I, I work in New York City. Um, going into to Midtown Comics in New York City uh, in two thousand six and seeing Scatterbrain on the wall 
that's the best feeling in the world. Um, and so it's only every single time you go, whether it's my book or a book that I wrote or published or edited or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's always a thrill. Uh, what's interesting is the, I, I, whenever I'm anywhere, I live in New Jersey. Whenever I'm anywhere in New Jersey, that's, that's half an hour or more away. I instantly go to Google and I put in comic book store near me. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's not a billion comic book stores, but there's a lot of comic stores out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I visit as many as possible. And I obviously I always look for scout books first and it's probably like, it's not every store, you know, that's the, that's mm-hmm. the hard part for me. Sometimes it's like crushing sometimes when these stores don't have scout. Um, yeah, yeah. those are the stores that generally don't have a lot of indie stuff. They'll have mostly Marvel and DC and image. And honestly, boom, I got to get full props to boom. They've done a very good job. Um, and that's, that's out here in, cause, cause we both live out in Arizona. I live in Mesa, Arizona. He lives in Tucson and out here in Mesa and, and, and the surrounding areas, we have a handful of comic shops around us. But when I go into there, it's really hard to find any indie books. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah. Look, I mean, uh, Charlie, difficult. Charlie, who's one of our publishers, he's been literally, I think, literally calling every single comic book store in the country one by one. And, um, you know, it's, look, it's, it's, the, the comic industry is, uh, you know, it's tough right now. It's, it's COVID. Diamond obviously had huge problems this year, uh, because of COVID. Um, it's just, it, the system is a little, is a little jacked up. Um, our direct outreach, uh, thanks to the whole team. Um, has helped a lot because we do a lot of um, direct distribution where where needed. Um, and you know, every time I go into a store, they don't have Scout. I, I I'm wearing this hat, and and I'm like, oh, I, I'm the CEO of Scout, and getting to talking. And, and sometimes they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. So you look, you know, we do what we can. We had an incredible year despite not being in every store. So it's like you can't argue with that. And hopefully, more and more stores will become aware of us. Well, I think that's also because like the for a lot of shops like. It was like the Marvel and DC were the bread and butter, but like you're seeing more and more now is that people are getting their comics different ways now. Like you guys have the subscription box, which is a huge thing. I think a lot of people have jumped on, but also like with the CBSN deal you guys have and everything it's people are doing new ways to buy comics where they buy it online, stuff like that. They're finding new ways to get the books also. So I think that's, what's also changed a lot too, is some of the shops themselves that do carry the books have, uh, from what I've seen, have, the ones that are going the fastest are the ones that are finding new ways and new books to get out there. Yeah. And look, we haven't even really cracked digital yet. We're closing a deal with Comixology right now. It's just been a really lengthy process, mm-hmm. um, just contractually. But, uh, you know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm almost 50. So I prefer, you know, typically, typical old man, I prefer physical copies. Yep. Uh, and I think a lot of comic <laughs> readers, are. I think we're a... a a, a group of, co- of actual physical collectors, but look, there's, there's tons of people who read comics um, online digitally. And so that's an, even an area that we haven't really cracked yet. So um, we're, we're, we're on a, a, we're on a path to grow uh, in all directions, including digital. And I'm, I'm one of those guys that does both. So I'll, I'll, and I think it's more because I'm like, I got the the collector bug in me where I'm like, oh, get this book, but don't crack it open at all. Don't even touch it. Just leave it in its in its uh, bag and board. And then I go immediately and go find a digital copy so I can read it. Or that's cool. And then 
because I, I can't buy two and still open it because I just I literally have like three or four <laughs> copies of Sam and his talking gun and I have not opened one of them yet. Like I just I sure. just can't. Here, I'm, do gonna, it. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna give you permission to open one. There you go. <laughs> that still doesn't work for me, man. I was like, yeah, no, no it still doesn't. I'm like, I'm giving no, I can't you do like it. emotional permission. <laughs> It's so hard, dude. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's why the business thrives. I think is that that we're that we're a, a sort of sub nation of collectors, and yeah. we like physical physical things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's the l- l- there's a tad bit of hoarder in there. <laughs> of course, yeah, no, dude, yes, yes. As my wife or your wife would tell all of us. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, you can see behind me. This, <laughs> think, this is just what you can see in the frame, know, right? We all have it. We all have the room. <laughs> I think one thing I wanted to touch on, because we haven't heard a lot about it yet, is so Scoot was uh, the big first thing you guys have launched with the uh, with that being like the all ages titles coming out and everything. But in one of the recent things you guys uh, also talked about is how you had other things like we still have on your front page, uh, the lit titles yeah, um, and stuff. Uh, and I believe there was one other one that was yeah, coming outsider. out too. Outsider. Yeah. Uh, will we be seeing any of that stuff this year? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, the, the lit scoot scout thing, um, we've been talking about it more and more. And, you know, and especially now that we, because that was announced before our deal with Simon and Schuster, which the Simon and Schuster deal is a game changer for us. And what we're going to start seeing books come out via our Simon and Schuster deal later this year. Um, in talking with them and, and sort of looking at the, the age ranges, we're not sure that lit is going to happen. It might, but, you know, having a, a specific YA brand um, may not be necessary. It might just be Scout um, because in general, um, Simon and Schuster wanted us to sort of break it down between kids and everybody else. Um, so it, may, it might still happen. Scoot is our main focus and, and then sort of everything else is falling under um, just Scout, uh, which is fine for me. Um, so I, that may change, but right now Lit is not, on the front burner, it's definitely in the back burner. Outsider is still on the front burner. Um, that's we're doing that with James Hake's sister, uh, who owns a comic book store, I believe, out in Washington State. Um, and so that is in, in the works, and we're just putting the books together. Uh, and we're we're contemplating um, a few other imprints as well. But the thing about an imprint is you have to have a library of titles kind of ready mm-hmm. to go. Um, yeah. That's that fit that that specific box. And so until we have enough built up in that in that box, we're not really ready to, to, to launch. So with Scoot, it happened really fast where a lot of creators are working on kid-friendly stuff, which is great. I think a lot of times it's, we're, we're either, we are children uh, inside us uh, and, or we have kids or, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. usually both. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of creators are working on kid-friendly stuff. And so the Scoot thing just happened faster than everything else. Um, so for now it's, uh, we're focusing primarily on Scoot, Scout, uh, Black Caravan, uh, those are the main, I'd say those are the main imprints for now. And, and I got to say, and I got to say that, that, uh, you know, the children's, you know, demographic there is, it's really hard to find stuff that my kids are going to like, at least in the comic book world, because you got, I, I go into to the local shops and I'm like, okay, let's go look for something for my 10 year old or my two year old. That is, that is not like weird you know what i mean and yeah, and, yeah. and it's really hard to find that and everything that i've been seeing coming from from scoot is is i'm like okay i can do this this is yeah. not this is this is just easy and it's just a given and rather than me still having to go look okay well this one's kind of weird that's I, I can't do this it's one so for funny. you 
it's so funny you say this because yesterday, again, yesterday I was at the store, the comic store with my daughter and, you know, she's looking around and she's like, what's this? And she points to power pack, which is a book that I used uh, to read. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's power pack. And it's a new number one and it's really colorful. And I'm like, awesome. So I pick it up and I look on the, on the, uh, by the logo, it says teen yeah. as the, as the rating. And I'm like, I'm like, honey, I, I, let me do some research on this first. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know what yeah. kind of language is in here. I'm like, exactly. What, I, and, my, and look, dude, I write for Marvel. I love Mar- Marvel. Is, I'm a Marvel zombie. But like, what a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, yeah. Um, yeah. that is absolutely true. Which is, And that's another, one, of the, one of the things that happened is that um, we've had the creator of Stabity Bunny, Richard Rivera. Um, he's running Scoot now. And he just his his sense for this stuff is is really good. Um, we take a lot of care for this stuff. Don Hanfield, one of our partners, is writing some scoot books as well. He has kids. I think, you know, we are very cognizant of the kind of material that scoot is putting out. We want to put out stuff that is like you said, just very, just a no brainer for a parent. Like yeah. you look at soul stream, that cover or, um, no brainer. really any of them. You're like, yeah. uh, okay. Oh yeah. That's, that's kid friendly. Obviously there's no hidden, you know, um, you know, swearing or, sex drugs and yeah it's all. just uh yeah <laughs> yeah because i even i've had the same issue like yeah. with my son like he he's he's also very critical of books and he'll just be like i don't like it and like um <laughs> there's only at this point there's only three comic series he reads because everything else he's just he doesn't attach to like he reads books but like for comics he's got he's got three three series and then everything else is just meh but yeah, um yeah. I, think I mean that's also just kids <laughs> yeah, but well, but yeah. uh, like Soulstream, he's read that and he's hooked on it already because yeah. he's yep. he's asked me, he had me message them saying, can he get a signed copy? And Amazing. so like we set that up because it was like he was that excited about it and everything. Yeah, the, the scout book that my nine year old is most obsessed with. It's a little older. It's called Little Guardians. And uh, there's two volumes out. And yep. um, the, the end of volume two is a cliffhanger. And, and it came out. The Volume two came out. I, probably at least two years ago. And so my daughter at once every couple of months, she's like, when is volume three coming out? And so then I'll <laughs> get on the phone with the creators about something else to be like, Hey, my daughter's still asking. And they're like, Oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I've done that with that. Cause I've read, read that. Yeah. I still do that with, uh, the tinkers, yeah. tinkers and waistline. Yeah. I do that with that one. And then, uh, and then I think I, at this point, James hates me for how much I ask when, uh, long live pro wrestling is coming. I know, I know he's a busy, he's a busy dude. I mean, you know, I would be remiss not to talk more about him. He's just, uh, the backbone of the company. You know, he, he came about four years ago, um, into the company and, um, you know, started off as just a creator, um, and just slowly, you know, day by day worked his way up to the president of the company and, um, is an incredible partner and a great friend of mine. And, you know, the, the company, it, it just, he is, I mean, he really is. I mean, if we're all body parts, he's the backbone of the company. And um, it's just, he's a great person to have on your team. And a lot of the, the a lot of the 2020 success is because of him. So he's just a great dude and he loves, you know what? He loves Dr. Pepper. That's the most, <laughs> most important thing to talk about. Yeah. Huge yeah. Like it's like kind of weird how much he likes it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think if we ever have him on the show, we got to make sure that we have like Dr. Pepper. Oh yeah. Sponsor drinking Dr. We're gonna, Pepper. We're, we're, have Dr. Pepper yeah, he likes baseball and Dr. Pepper. Yeah. We're definitely, <laughs> I mean, we will, we will, we will get Dr. Pepper to sponsor just that episode. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, we're, but this 2021 is going to be big for us. We've got a, a you know, with this, none of this stuff's been announced, but we've got some big movie and TV stuff coming um smoke town by philip who writes like every dc and marvel book now um uh he, he uh 
there's a huge TV deal closing right now that we haven't told anybody about. So that's an exclusive. Uh, I can't say who it is yet, but Smoketown is about to to blow up. That's awesome. Because wow. that's a great title. That was yeah, one of the first trades. I got it as a trade, but that was one of the first titles that I really read that like I just sit and read the whole thing too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a, he's amazing and uh he deserves he deserves all of his success. Um I'm a little jealous, you know, as a writer that he gets to go write Superman. Um but <laughs> again, as a friend, I'm super psyched for him. Um and then uh Forever Maps. Uh, we are cl- we just closed uh, a deal for Forever Maps with two of the biggest screenwriters in Hollywood to adapt uh, Forever Maps, and they're writing it right now. I, again, I can't announce who that is, and uh, there's also some mega producers attached. Um, and so Forever Maps will be another book that blows up when, if and when that movie comes out. Um, so like we we have got some big announcements coming up, and that's those are those are two of them that have not been discussed anywhere. So you guys can consider those uh, a couple of exclusives. There we go. Awesome. awesome. And then I have my, um, you know, I've written uh, some stuff for Scout, uh, obviously Misfit Toys. Uh, and I also co-wrote Solar Man, which is one of our earliest books. That's, that's not even available on Scout uh, web store anymore. Um, but I'm writing my first original comic book, non-licensed comic book since 2000, since Scatterbrain. Uh, it's coming out probably later this year or, or early next, which uh, I'm excited to finally have a, an official full Scout book out. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Actually, that brings up a that brings up a question I do have, like, because I actually have tried because I got so far down the rabbit hole of Scout. I started finding some of those titles that you guys don't have anymore. Will we ever see those pop back up again? Give me some. Give me some examples. Uh, Well, you you said it right there. The Solar Solar Man. Yeah, Yeah. Solar Man is an interesting. So so Solar Man, it's funny. So like the very first New York comic-con after we became scout. So we, so we were ardent, we were ardent entertainment, which was very difficult to spell or pronounce. So we were ardent from 2008 until 2015. So, so seven years of Arden, we did flash Gordon, we did Casper. Um, we did the Atlas comics reboot, which is a whole other podcast, I think. Um, and, and then, and then I just, I was like, no one can pronounce, pronounce this company name. No one can spell this company name. And I was like, I'm changing this. You know, I, I like, I'm just changing it. Um, so we changed it to scout in summer of 2015. And so the very first or summer of 2014, but anyways, the very first New York comic-con after we changed it to scout, this guy, the very first person who approaches me during comic-con guy, and he's like very eccentric looking. He's like, are you a publisher? I'm like, Oh yeah. And so he opens his briefcase and he pulls out solar man. Number one from Marvel from 1989 or 1990. Um, with a Mike Zek cover. And I love Mike Zek. And, and the comic was written by Stan Lee. I'm like, yeah, I was a senior in high school. I do kind of remember that, that comic. Um, he's like, well, I'm, I, I own the rights. And he's like, um, I am the only person who owns a Marvel character. That's not Marvel. And so instantly wow. I was like, oh, I'm interested. So yeah. I worked with him and we rebooted it and we made the main character African-American and I was supposed to write the comic and I didn't feel comfortable writing an African-American character. So I brought in Joe Illich uh, who's worked for all kinds of comic book companies uh, to co-wrote to co-write it with me, and so we wrote the three issues, um, and then you know it came out, it did well. We were going to collect it as a trade, and then you know for whatever reason, the guy the guy that had approached me at that comic con was like, I- I'm you know I'm pulling it back. I'm going to go do something else with it. Take it off your web store. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, okay, like so we have lots of Solar Man number one through three in our warehouse. Um, 
So like it's there and, you know, unfortunately we can't do anything with it. And I've asked him multiple times if we can, um, you know, at least collect it as a trade and he's not interested. So um, if anybody is, is watching or listening and wants to get solar man number one, three, three, you know, have your people call my people. We'll figure something out. <laughs> I, I think the only other one, cause I just, it interested me because it's popped up on a few sites was I saw Santa versus Dracula. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> see i went no. down the rabbit hole yeah we should revisit that one. Oh my god i forgot about that one yeah so that was um that was going to be an original trade um and we solicited it i believe even and i think the orders came in so you know look selling trades only through diamond is really hard um because comic book stores it, you know the non-returnability which is again probably a whole other podcast to have you know, comic books are non-returnable, unlike regular book publishing, where if you publish a book through Macmillan or Simon and Schuster or whatever, those companies send their books to Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Barnes and Noble and Amazon, they can send all the copies back to the publisher. You know, that, that happened originally with our Flash Gordon titles. But so comic books are different because with comic book stores, once they buy that, they can never return them. And it's a whole issue. That, like I said, it could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, and so comic book stores are very cautious about the graphic novels they buy because it's a higher price point and they don't want to be stuck with a thousand copies of um, independent OGNs that they can't move. And so anyway, so it's hard to sell graphic novels solely through diamond. So the, 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 the orders came in for Santa versus Dracula and I, I it was low. It was, I want to say maybe a hundred copies. And I think it just, the, the, the economics, didn't work out so i think we just canceled it but uh but yeah that, that is a really good title i, I, I told it, you i went down the rabbit hole yeah that is like dude i forgot <laughs> about that one and i think i think in act three of that book like all the mon all the classic monsters end up attacking santa's workshop like frankenstein and like all like, mummy and it's actually really funny i, I should think you know i'm gonna revisit it like you talked earlier about revisiting old stuff and reaching out i think i'm gonna have to, have to look into that one again Awesome, man. Well, awesome. I love to dedicate it to you, John. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> That'd be very cool. All right. You know what? We we can we can talk all day long. Yeah, sorry, here, but sorry. we gotta No, you're me. good. You're good. This is this no, is I great content. It's my fault. Great, great content. <laughs> great, great stuff here. Um, but we can like turn this into a whole episode all on its own. But uh we appreciate you coming out and taking time out of your day to hang out with us right here, man, on Two Scout Geeks. Yeah, thank you. I just want to say, guys, you know, thank you for doing this and having this. Uh, the show, it's like really meaningful to scout all the guys at scout and, um, it's just, this is awesome. So thank you. We thank thank you you guys. We, we, you know, the reason why we started this show was because, you know, John and I were such huge mega fans of scout comics and it was actually kind of funny the way we, we kind of got together. So, so, uh, uh, I, I know, I know, uh, Brian Silverbacks and I do a stream with him on Mondays with my other show. And he's like, you know what? You talk to a lot of scout creators on your other show. You should start a scout only show, man. And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, but I'd rather do it with like a co-host and all this stuff. He's all, well, I've got the the right person for you. Hit this guy up. Hit up John. He's a huge scout fan too. Like it's it's literally about like the only thing him and I talk about. I o- I only buy scout stuff, dude. I don't buy any other stuff. I only buy scout comics. It's 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 an obsession of mine. So when I got together with him, we were like, dude, it was a no-brainer. We had to start a show 
And so we did. And and this is what it is. So and and then we started talking to creators. I was like, well, dude, why don't we just have creators on the show too? Why not? Because nice. we were just gonna do like we weren't gonna do reviews. We were just gonna discuss the books. Yeah. So so now for we're me like, it was just I'm such a fan. Like I even have my own Scout nickname at this point. <laughs> they call me Scout Master P, and that's my nice. nickname on almost all of the live shows and stuff. Nice. I'm not cool enough to have a nickname. (laughs) There you are. We just got to come up with it. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. All right, man. Uh, You know what? We appreciate you, Brendan, hanging out out with us. Um, Yeah. Thanks so much, Please, please let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, You know, obviously, scoutcomics.com, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm not a huge tweeter, uh, (laughs) but it's uh, at Brendan Zanin. And then I have a a Facebook fan page for my, my writing. Uh, I don't even know what technically it is, but just if you look me at Facebook, I do have a website that I don't really do much with, but it's got all my books on there. Uh, it's just brendandeneen.com. So, um, and you know, I'm actually, anybody can, I, I don't mind anybody ever emailing me. It's brendan.deneen at scoutcomics.com. I, I'm, I'm an email fanatic. So I generally like respond to every single email, including every single submission. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for hanging out with us right here on two scout geeks, John. John, will you please see us out of the show? And remember, Scout is what it's all about. Scout's what it's all about. Scout's what it's all about.